I was in a classroom. I think we were studying. It was on the weekend. And all of a sudden, one of the um, girls in the boarding school came running, running, screaming. Mm -hmm. Screaming, oh, they assassinated Carrero Blanco. They assassinated Carrero Blanco. She was trembling. She was so scared. Mm -hmm. She took us to the church, I mean, to the chapel, mm -hmm. to kneel down and pray. And why did she want us to pray? Because she was so afraid that we would have another civil war. Mm. So the assassination of Carrero Blanco, what it meant for her was that society was, again was um, unstable mm -hmm. and that again the factions would mm -hmm. become pronounced and would, die, would um, fight again. Mm -hmm. um, and Spain was very afraid of that yeah. for a long time. Yeah. I don't think they're afraid of it anymore, mm -hmm. but I don't know how long that fear lasted. So we're going to continue on from the last couple episodes and kind of go in a chronological fashion. We're going to talk about today the democratic transition from Franco's regime to the democracy that we know in Spain today. And to me, this is like really the most important period. I think that when we talked about the regime last episode, we were it was very clear the steps that we're taking in order to form this I, national identity and historical memory. Um, then I think the democratic transition, we're going to see how this this was really sustained for several more decades and the steps that were taken in order to kind of even though Franco is gone, we're not going to take the steps to challenge it. You know, these this historical memory was really sustained through different, um, mostly governmental legislation. Um, and so we're going to talk about that. All right. So upon Franco's death in 1975, the political transition from dictatorship to democracy fluctuated between the attempts to recuperate historical memory and the official politics of amnesia. Some scholars claim that Spanish people immediately chose to ignore the war and the regime altogether, as if it never occurred. But this is kind of oversimplifying the situation. In fact, Spanish economist and historian Angel Vinyas, I've quoted him many times, claims that there was never so much written about the Republic and the Civil War as in the early transition years. Briefly, Spaniards made their opinions clear by either rebelling against the conservative life they had resented or expressing nostalgia for the late leader's regime. Again, I talked to my mother, who, although was not in Spain during Franco's death, the day that he died, she lived in the Madrid suburb of Pozuelo from 1969 until 1974, and then again beginning in 1976. She had a two-year break in San Diego, California, where she was born. I was talking with her, I was interviewing with her, and she recalls the discourse and the feelings among the Spanish during the months after Franco died. I guess I could summarize it like some people were happy and some people were sad. Yeah. But what types of people were Some people happy? were scared. Yeah. What types of people? And like, why were they happy and why were they sad? Well, people, fe people feared... Well, some people, I mean, it's hard to say, um, comment, but pe some people liked Franco because... Um, everything was predictable, yeah. supposedly. Everything was predictable. It was predictable what was expected of you. It was predictable. Um, basically, what was expected of you, what 
I guess Franco for a lot of people represented order. Yeah. And interestingly enough, it also represented Spain. Some people were saying that life under Franco was better. Yeah. That's what some people were saying. So that was a discourse. Like even just a year after they were saying yeah. that? Like, so even a year they were saying, oh, wait, like life before. Life was better, and now there's only um, lawlessness, for example. Because mm, everyone was going such an extreme yeah. the other way. Mm-hmm. So they're, I mean, who were like the type of people that were saying that? Older people, mm-hmm. older people who grew up during, uh, under Franco, mm-hmm. who sympathize with Franco. Yeah. Yeah. Like Tiara Amparo. Amparo sympathizes with Franco? Well, that's what she, I don't know if she sympathizes She grew with Franco. up under Franco. She, she was a Republican, know. but that's what she was saying. La vida era mejor bajo Franco. Before the transition to democracy even occurred, rising political and social instability in the 70s exposed a real and universal fear that war could break out again. Left-leaning labor movements were gaining popularity and organized nearly 1,600 strikes in 1970. Deadly terrorist acts were committed by the Basque nationalist group ETA and threatened any sense of security. My mother said that in the 70s, she had more fear of ETA than Franco's regime. The regime's sense of order and authority was indeed crumbling. For many, it seemed as though another violent conflict between conservatives, liberals, regional separatists could be on the brink. And it was a very real fear. As Franco's health slowly declined, the future of the regime and Spain's political future was quite uncertain. By 1973, Franco was in such bad shape that Juan Carlos I, or Juan Carlos I, was being primed to restore the Bourbon monarchy. He was the grandson of King Alfonso XIII, so in the line with the previous monarchy. Ruling alongside him as prime minister would be the right-hand man and longtime confidant Correo Blanco. However, it was unclear whether the new leaders would continue Franco's repression or expand the rights and freedoms once they came to power. The opening of a potential power vacuum upon his death was still very possible with even these people proposed to take over. And the sphere of Spain possibly re-entering another civil war came at a peak when Creo Blanco was assassinated by ETA in 1973. So this fear was very real and very in the face of many. So once Franco was dead and it was decided that democracy emerged, it was very on shaky ground. No one really knew what direction would be the best direction. No one really knew what was going to happen. It was scary. And so instead of recognizing any of the atrocities that, or oppression that was committed during and after the war, the new leaders of Spain thought that the best way to transition from the dictatorship to democracy would be implementing a political agreement between the political parties known as the Pact of Forgetting. As historian Paloma Aguilar Fernandez explains, Spanish people generally approved of this, and they approved of the thesis that the war was a collective madness, and it was everyone's fault, and so let's just move on, let's, you know, keep looking forward. And again, my mother recalls the sentiment amongst Spanish people and why they would, you know, accept this thesis. You know, Carmen, my experience... was that most people were so wounded mm-hmm. and were hurting so bad still mm-hmm. because so many of their family members or friends have died in the war. Yeah. And the atrocities committed in the war were just... Oh, I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Spaniards killing Spaniards. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? So both factions mm-hmm. after the war, and it took years, even in the 70s, that that wound wasn't even healed. Mm-hmm. But it, it was, it was, it, the wound was so, it was still there so, 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 um, you can you can feel the wound in people's homes, mm-hmm. in people's hearts. They talked about it. They talked about their stories, mm-hmm. but they talked about their stories in at home. Yeah. And our, um, you know about the things that they witnessed, mm-hmm. the things they witnessed as children, mm-hmm. um, the people they knew that de- who died. Mm-hmm. So I think there was still a divided Spain. Republicans were still Republicans. Yeah. In their heart. Yeah. Of heart. And um, nationals were nationals. Yeah. And then there was the generation that grew up in the, um, that grew up under Franco. Mm-hmm. And they was they were probably it depends. It depends. I mean maybe yeah. people stopped talking about it. Yeah. A lot of people were talking about it in their homes and a lot of people were not. Yeah. So a lot of the a lot of the children that grew up under Franco didn't even hear the stories. Yeah. Because people were you so just don't talk about Yeah, it. they just didn't talk about it. They were so traumatized. Mm-hmm. This pact of forgetting was codified legally as the Amnesty Law of 1977, which forgave all acts of political violence committed during the war and the 40-year dictatorship that followed. It guaranteed the release of all political prisoners and explicitly prohibited any prosecutions of perpetrators of human rights violations. This would even allow nationalists to evade retribution for any of the abuse that had been perpetuated during the regime. Through active forgetting of these traumatic memories, Spanish people set out to create a new national historical narrative, much like Franco had done in the post-war period. As the journalist John Hopper observed, quote, no one in Spain was ever judged, no one was ever deemed guilty, and since no one was ever deemed guilty, forgiveness never entered into it. It was just a matter of forgetting, but in the process of forgetting, a new past had to be created, end quote. This time, the past would be founded upon a new collective memory that could nurture, promote, and de- and deepen the new democracy. Of course, once again, education was used to disseminate this history. A rewriting and reinterpretation of the Spanish past occurred in textbooks, reflecting the commitment to selective forgetting in favor of consensus between political parties. Most of them presented the Civil War as a fratricidal tragedy in which both sides were at fault. This prioritized political values of stability and reconciliation, Historian Carolyn Boyd states, the textbooks thus reinforced the policy of wiping the slate clean that made possible the negotiated transition to liberal democracy, unquote. So once again, we have a changing of this grand narrative and a change in the historical and social memory of Spain. But as we'll see in the next period that we're examining, this will be challenged again and the pact of forgetting and the legal codification of it will be seen as anachronistic to the goals of Spain's democracy and the way that Spain should remember its history. Mm-hmm.